my fellow investors, good afternoon and welcome back to a new episode of the Newcomer Investor Channel, where we talk about stocks, share insights and debate. Now, before starting the episode, I do have to remind you that nothing in this podcast is financial advice. In fact, it's all only entertainment. This is all just for fun. Uh, I can, I have and I will make many mistakes. So you should always do your own research as well. So we are now entering the third week of the second quarter of 2023. Markets are really shaky right now. And the reason they're shaky is the economy uh, and the uncertainty of it. Of course, the big enemy, the common enemy that all central banks across the world are fighting is inflation right now. Inflation hurts everybody. And as a result, central banks have increased interest rates, which increases, of course, the cost of debt. And as a result, tends to slow down economic activity. Uh, so that is the hopes right now is that we would enter into some kind of mild recession. Hopefully that doesn't increase unemployment too much as well. But at the same time, we need to slow down this overheated economy and get prices down for everyone. So it's a very delicate uh, balancing act that all central banks have to do. And uh, anyway, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty and businesses don't like uncertainty. And that is why the stock market is all over the place. Now, on one hand, shaky markets are scary. If you've got a significant amount of your capital invested, as I have, a large portion of my net worth, actually majority of my net worth is in the stock market, it's kind of scary to think that the value of what I have can just go up and down constantly. But at the same time, it can also be considered an opportunity, especially if you have a long-term horizon. And of course, if you've done your research and you are very confident in what you do own. Generally speaking, it is better to buy low uh, and sell high than to do the other way around. So it is nice to buy when people are actually afraid to do so. One sector in particular that's been really, really impacted by the current economic situation is real estate. Real estate assets tend to be quite long dated and of course have uh, pretty predictable and resilient cash flows. As a result, most real estate operators take on significant amount of debts in order to acquire these properties. And of course, in a high interest rate environment, uh, companies that have a significant amount of debt all of a sudden become a lot less attractive, especially if much of that debt is variable as opposed to fixed. Now, if I look at the ETF called uh, XRE, which is the S&P TSX capped REIT index ETF, um, we're down about 20% from March 2022, which was a one year high. And we're up 2% in five years. So basically all the value that's been created over the course of these five years has basically kind of crashed back down. It's all been erased. Now, when we look at that reduction in the stock price of so many of these REITs, one would ask why even invest in something like that, right? And it's a very valid question. And I think in answering it, it's important to remember kind of what is a REIT in the first place and, and what is the primary objective uh, of these investment vehicles. Now, of course, I don't know about you, the listener. You may have different intentions, but I can tell you that when I buy a REIT, when I even just look at one, the main thing that I'm thinking about is income. When I buy a REIT, I'm not really thinking of something that is going to, you know, double in stock price in five years or triple or whatever. I do have the expectation for a high quality REIT to hopefully get some kind of long-term price appreciation, but I do recognize that the primary objective of a REIT is to, via its real estate um, activities, generate an income that they kick back to shareholders constantly. And that's the main thing that they do. Now, with that said, if you're an income-focused investor, you're probably quite excited at some of the opportunities that are already here. Uh, yields are creeping up. Because again, you remember, if the stock price falls, as long as the dividend or distribution stays the same, the dividend yield of the stock goes up. We're getting interesting yields now, 6%, 7% even for some REITs, which is abnormally high um, and reflects, again, this uncertain economic time. 
And this means that investors now have a chance of locking in some pretty high yields uh, for the long term. To give you a couple examples, smart centers which I own yields something like 6.9 or 7% at this point. I've seen allied properties yields almost 8% and Northwest Healthcare properties yields, I think, 8 or 9%, which is pretty insane. Now, of course, before you get too excited, I do have to temper expectations because, of course, distribution cuts are possible. And now they're not only possible, they are happening. The office sector in particular is going through a tremendous amount of pain. Now, I've publicly come out and defended the sector, saying that it's not over yet. Of course, office companies aren't going to entirely collapse. Office will still exist. However, I do expect there will be some kind of consolidation within the industry. I don't think that every single player in that space is going to be successful anymore. There's not going to be room for everyone, right? So you may want to diversify your, your, your eggs, which baskets you put them in, or start looking at some of the strongest players. To give you a couple of examples right here, we've had two dividend cuts in the office space uh, in the last few weeks. We've had Slate Office REIT. They cut it by 70%, which is just absolutely huge, unfortunately. And we've had True North Commercial REIT, which also cut it by, I believe it was 50%. And of course, the stock prices for both of those are down very much. Now, here's what I plan to do with REITs. I'm currently not on the lookout for new ones. I'm very happy with my existing holdings and I plan to hold. I'm not selling. Now, I have two REITs which I consider currently to be safe, quote unquote, of course. Those are Riocan and Granite. Riocan is a mostly retail anchored REIT, although they are now diversifying into other business lines as well. I have an episode, I believe it was two or three episodes ago, where I spoke about the future of retail and I actually took clips from the Riocan CEO. Highly recommend that you listen to that one. Um, but I view this one now as safe, as in the distribution isn't going to be cut anymore, really because they actually cut it three years ago already. So now their uh, payout ratio sits in the 55-ish to 60% range, which is, it's fine. It's, it's not going to move up. So we're good. If you hold it right now, congratulations, the dividend won't be cut anymore. It's only up from here. I bought many shares during the pandemic, at uh, the beginning at least, and I'm very happy collecting this monthly income. So, And I'm sitting on actually a pretty good capital gain too, so I'm not going to realize that gain yet. I'll just keep it and keep those dividends coming in. The next is Granite. I consider it to be the highest quality reach that I currently own. Unfortunately, it's also my smallest position, though we're working to fix that. Um, as the price keeps decreasing, hopefully it does, and I will keep buying. I think the market also recognizes how great of a REIT it is because it also has the lowest dividend yield. So it's around, I think it's 3.5 or 4% right now, which is really low. But again, it's worth it to pay up to get such a great business. Of course, it is in the industrial warehouse and logistics sector. They're not really that affected by all the stuff going on in the economy right now. I mean, of course, everyone's affected, but in terms of their business and their contracts, they're actually doing really good. So Granite is awesome. And on top of that, they actually raise the distribution every year too. Now, the next company I have to talk about, of course, is Brookfield. Now, yes, I know Brookfield is not a REIT, but Brookfield has a lot of real estate. It's a huge part of their business, and they also are exposed to the office space, of course, as part of the REIT that they privatized entirely called Brookfield Property Group. Now, you'll be happy to note that I personally believe Brookfield Corporation as a whole to be safe as well. Uh, I think it's one of the safest stocks that I actually own. I really think that there's no way the corporation goes to zero. However, I do recognize that there is going to be a bit of shakiness in the Brookfield Property Group ecosystem. We've already seen their downtown LA uh, fund collapsing. And that's really happening. They're not paying back their uh, loans on their office buildings in LA. 
the, of course, the LA office market has been really bad, even worse than in Toronto, I believe. So there is going to be some shakiness and some disruption. Now, the good news is most of their assets are financed with what we call non-recourse debt, meaning that if you fail to pay back uh, the, the interest on your loans, the creditors can't come after you. They can only come after the assets that the debt is tied to. So that basically means that Brookfield Property Group may be walking away from some of their assets. They may lose some assets. And while that would be pretty bad, it wouldn't be the end for Brookfield Corporation as a whole. It's a very diversified business with uh, pretty much, it's like an octopus with tentacles in like every industry. So that would suck for the property part of it. But overall, I'm really, I'm not concerned about them. I also don't expect them to cut their dividend just because their payout ratio is already really low uh, and they retain most of the earnings anyway. So at least the dividend isn't at risk there. Any final real estate company on our list is actually the one I have been adding to uh, very recently. I just bought, I think, two or three more shares last week. Smart Centers is an interesting one. It is, like RioCan, focused on retail. The one difference between them and RioCan is they really have this solid partnership with Walmart, so most of their uh, retail locations are anchored by a Walmart store. Virtually all of these locations also were essential services, so they were able to stay open during the pandemic, and that actually helped them maintain their distribution despite all the issues that happened when COVID started. So they were kind of a star in the REITs community. Now, Smart Centers, and I say this, it's kind of ironic given that I've been buying it, but it is one REIT where I have a big question mark in my head, uh, and it is, will it continue to be a star moving forward, uh, specifically regarding to its dividend? Don't get me wrong, I do think the company itself will continue to be here. The, the whole Walmart thing, that will stay. They're going to continue to grow. But I have concerns about the dividend. I think the payout ratio is getting really high. In February, they released their full year results, uh, which paint a picture of the situation. And uh, looking at the payout ratios over there, we see... Payout ratio to cash flows provided by operating activities is at 88.9%, which is high, but it's okay. But then if you look down, payout ratio to adjusted cash flow is at 96.9%. That is really scary. That's too high for me. And then they give you more numbers. Payout ratio to adjusted cash flow with more adjustments, excluding impact of TRS, condominium and townhouse sales, and smart VMC West acquisition. And then it's 92.6%, which is a bit better, but it's still really high. So when you see these kind of numbers, we see that we're basically one more interest rate hike away from a distribution cut, uh, or at least a big squeeze on their finances. And I don't really like to see that very, very much. With that said, this could also just be my naturally pessimistic self talking. There are also bright spots when it comes to smart centers. The first one that I do want to highlight is management. Uh, again, the CEO, I've spoken about him a few times, Mitchell Goldhar. He's a really experienced real estate guy. He's a good captain to have for this ship, uh, especially right now when we're navigating in troubled waters. The second really, really bright spot about this particular REIT is I've complained about the Walmart partnership quite a few times because in a way, being the junior partner with such a behemoth company means that you don't really have the leverage to dictate your terms on them. So smart centers can't really increase rent like crazy on Walmart the way that they can on tiny tenants. But the good part about the Walmart partnership is having a Walmart anchored location means you guarantee traffic to that location. So all the other tenants, they actually want to have these contracts with smart centers and be close to those Walmart stores. 
As a result, Smart Centers actually has one of the best occupancy rates in the industry. They're at 98%, I believe, which is amazing. And a high occupancy rate means that you have visibility on your cash flows and you can plan easier. The trouble that's happened with a lot of the office REITs that I referenced earlier is we don't really know what's happening with office. My personal belief is office will still be a thing. I mean, I currently work hybrid. I know my work is never going to go to fully virtual. Um, it's just not going to happen. And I, I speak to many friends in different industries and it's the same for them. So I think we overall had a bit of a reduction in overall how much office is being used, but I don't think office will disappear, but it's shaky. We don't know what's going on. And as a result, these office companies, they haven't been able to maintain these distributions. The same cannot be said for smart centers, like I said, which has visibility. And as a result, because they can plan better, I think there's more of a chance that they may be able to ma maintain that distribution. So on some final thoughts, right now Smart Centers at 26.63 Canadian, that is a almost 7% dividend yield. I wouldn't call it ultra safe, but I am cautiously optimistic. I think a distribution cut is possible, but hopefully we don't get to that. Either way, if we do get a cut, I don't imagine it's gonna be a big one. I think at most it would be like RioCan, which was 33%. I can live with a 33% distribution cut if it happens. It'll still be a good income. And like I said, as an income stock, it's still a good one to have. So I'm happy to keep it. And hopefully we don't even get that cuts that I'm imagining right now. When it comes to my overall strategy with REITs, like I said, I'm happy with those three companies plus Brookfield that I already own. But hey, you know, if more opportunities come up, I may consider buying something else as well. With that said, for income-focused investors, there are also other sectors that have high yields right now. I mean, we've seen in the telecom space, Bell, BCE has a six-ish percent dividend right now, I believe. Enbridge as well yields pretty high. So does TC Energy. The one thing again with all these companies that I'm citing is they are high quality companies, but they also all share this characteristic of a lot of debt and being one interest rate hike away from having more problems. So. You know, I've seen people suggest that, oh, you shouldn't buy REITs, you should buy these other stocks. But the thing is, these other stocks have issues too. So it's kind of like the risk reward ratio to me feels a little similar here. But the one thing that I like specifically about the REITs that I own, so those retail REITs as well as Granite, the industrial REIT, is that they are not politicized. Whereas if you look at these other companies I mentioned, Bell, I mean, telecom sector is all politics right now. It's all about reducing these prices, which is going to hurt Bell's margins. And then pipelines, of course, uh, super politicized between, you know, the oil and gas lobby, the renewable lobby. Uh, there's lots of misunderstanding, lots of attacks on it. And you don't want to be on the wrong end of that, you know? So with a REIT like Smart Centers, at least I have peace of mind that no one is going to, you know, come out of nowhere and, and be like, yeah, you know, Smart Centers is charging too much to Walmart. Like, that's not going to happen, <laughs> you know? So that's one less uh, variable that I have to worry about. Anyhow, this uh, summarizes my strategy and my thoughts on REITs right now. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode, I highly encourage you to please subscribe to the YouTube channel and give us a five star on Spotify. Thank you all my friends, my fellow investors. I appreciate you listening to the Newcomer Investor channel and I look forward to connecting again with you soon.